So welcome to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast, sponsored by Alltech. And thanks as always to our supporting partners, 3X Logic, Aura, Lodge Service and Intrepid Security. Now my guest this week is Trav Heaven. Trav is the founder and CEO of Duress. Now, Trav founded Duress five years ago and it's now grown to be the largest safety platform in Australia, used by government departments, Department of Justice, Defence, Health, as well as some of Australia's largest retailers, Coles, Woolworths, and largest organisations including the Salvation Army and the Red Cross. So a very, very diverse range of customers. Trav, welcome. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. uh... Now, before we get into the business and what goes on, I am fascinated. Young Trav sitting at school, staring out of the window. What was the dream? What did you what was the intended career? What did you actually want to do? Well, at the at the time, uh, it was marine biology, you know, because you've always got all these ideas of, you know, swimming with dolphins and traveling the world. so I did that. Uh, I did a degree in marine biology and okay. zoology. Um, but being from Melbourne, there wasn't many places to uh, to use that degree. So I ended up uh, working at the aquarium in the city, which was great, you know, doing husbandry, diving with the animals and feeding them and all of that. And, um, and we had this big problem. Actually, it sort of leads into duress where... Uh, they'd have these huge lines of people trying to get in um, to the aquarium every day. And it was quite expensive for a family to get in. So the problem was people would line up for an hour or more, get in, pay for these expensive tickets, decide they were hungry, and then leave and go and get some lunch and then try and pop back in. But they wouldn't have their receipts. They would have lost their receipts. And so I met, you know, with the uh, with the owners of the place and said, we need like a like some kind of digital, digital system instead of these paper-based receipts because everyone's screaming and it was just chaos down there. And they sort of said, all right, well, you you go and build one. You go and build something different that, uh, that'll solve it. So I went away and got like a little development team and, um, and we built like an electronic receipt system. So when someone came in, they could sort of tap their phone, it sent the receipt. You know, it exists now, but back then it, it didn't. And, uh, and it was amazing. Um, wow. And I don't know if they still use it anymore, but um, that sort of got me interested in tech. That was a lot more exciting than um, sort of swimming with sharks and stingrays to school kids every day, repeating the same lines. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's well, what I wanted to be when I grew. But if you talk about a, you know a cool thing to have done, I mean, you know, to have the uh, uh, the, the 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 dream as a as a school kid, and then to go on and do that, that yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, right? You think you know what you want to do, but then when you're actually doing it, you're like, oh, this isn't actually that good. This is not that fulfilling. You're in a giant fish tank. And and the (laughs) fact that you say, I wonder whether they're still using the technology, that makes me think perhaps you didn't get them to sign the right sort of license agreement because they're obviously not sending you a check every year for for the continued use of uh, of your software. So uh, you have to revisit that one. (laughs) Go go take a trip to the aquarium. You should make some phone calls. Absolutely. So, yeah. so look, so there you were, super impressive, developing this piece of tech for the aquarium. So how did we go from that to duress? And we'll talk about what duress actually does in a minute. But but take me on that little journey. What 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 were the waypoints? So I think um, one of the exciting things um, just with that was you're you're sort of given a, a problem and then you got to try and solve it with tech. And so once once you I did that once. It was like, this is, this is amazing. Like there's so much technology out there. Um, it's such a creative thing to, to sort of be involved with. Um, 
And one of, one of the interesting things there as well, back to the aquarium, is uh, they used to do rehab for, for animals um, and bring them in for a couple of months. And uh, I remember one time we had um, one, of the, one of the divers was in the tank and, uh, and you put the fish on a big stick and then you hold it out and then the sharks or the rays come past. And, uh, and I think they had like a, I think it was a snapping turtle in there. And so she was in there on the other side of the tank and this little snapping turtle saw the, saw the food and really slowly, it's just slowly moving toward her. And we're all on the other side and, you know, she's staring at the big scary animals. Um, and this thing's just getting closer and closer and closer. We're like, you know, trying to bang on, you know, on the aquarium and uh, yeah. So it just comes up and um, gave her a nasty injury. And uh, so from the air, I think uh, it's a combination of being able to explore, explore tech, um, to solve a real world problem. And then safety is, you know, paramount. It's a problem everywhere. And so it was sort of combining those, those two things. Yeah. And, and, and so you just thought, okay, tech safety, that's where I want to want to go. I mean, that's a, was it, was it a light, was it a 3am setup right in bed kind of moment or, I mean, it just sounds, if you don't mind me saying, it sounds too easy and too logical, or maybe you're just too smart and too clever for the rest of us to make those connections. No, 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 no. What, what it was, was the first, the first application for it was family violence and domestic violence. So we thought, okay, that's a, that's a big problem. Let's see if we can move the tech into there. So uh, we worked pretty closely with the police over here in Australia over about nine months in um, sort of brainstorming and developing um, a solution for that. And it was, you know, it's incredible just to hear their stories and, you know, their ideas on how things work and how to streamline the processes and, and all of that. And, uh, and yeah, and then we, we put the product in the market and it was really, really successful. It was helping a lot of people. And then um, small, small retailers in Australia started reaching out to us, uh, particularly real estate agents saying, uh, we really like your tech, would like it for our team members. And I remember we used to talk to them and say, why do you need our domestic violence safety platform for, you know, property managers? And they said, well, you know, they're usually young women and they put the photos of themselves up on realestate.com, which is our big real estate portal over here. And, uh, and they say, I'll be at this house by myself at this time. And, uh, and they were getting, you know, assaulted and harassed. Wow. So we thought, okay, well, we just need to build, you know, dashboards and reporting and, you know, better security around the, around the whole platform. But sure, it's another use case for this cool tech we've built. Um, and then, and then from there, it really started to snowball. So we just got bigger companies and then small government, then medium government, then federal government. Um, yeah, big corporates, mining, health. Um, yeah, it's, it sort of seems like the, the solution we came up with and continue to develop um, has really sort of struck a chord with, uh, with a lot of organizations. Yeah. Awesome. So that seems a perfect time. So, I mean, it's just super impressive and super spectacular. So duress as a business right now what 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 does it look like i mean you know you talk about you know the 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 sort of the the core offering that's developed but how big is the offering now what does the business look like you know what what is the scope and scale today Sure. So we're a relatively small team. Um, there's only 20 of us um, in, in the company uh, and half of that would be development and um, the rest is uh, sort of uh, support and, and all those basic office, office duties. Um, we, we spend to spend the majority of, we tend to spend the majority of our time on um, product development. And the way we do that is with our customer base. So the most exciting part about my role and the company is meeting with our existing customers and saying, great, we worked out, we solved that problem. Now, what other problems in safety can we solve with, with technology? Um, yeah. 
I think that's and, it. And, and in terms of the actual, I mean, I've, I've been fortunate enough, you know, we've met in person, I've seen some of the, the sort of suite of products, but if you were to give mm-hmm. a, an overview of the offering, so, you know, you, you just such an impressive array of organisations and companies that use the tech, but mm-hmm. g- give me the, the high level, level overview of, of what the tech is, what, what the technology offering is. Sure. So the, the the main piece of functionality when you think about a dress um, solution is the big red button. Everybody wants the red button that they can click and then magically the police will be there and save the day. So that in itself is actually quite tricky. Uh, in in Melbourne or let's say Sydney, uh, I believe there's around 20 or 30,000 non-emergency call-outs, um, you know, police attending non-emergencies every month. So you've got a lot of noise um, in terms of requesting police, particularly for, you know, organisations and government departments. And so one of the one of the big pieces um, of, of the solution uh, that the police helped us sort of navigate was the verification. So when you hit that button, you need to be able to verify that, police are needed to be able to get to the top of the chain um, to get a to get a timely response and so we really focus on the video streaming element because that allows all the you know sort of stakeholders in that triage um, to establish this is you know priority one or you know this can wait a couple of hours or, or whatever it is so we really really focus on the the live video streaming um, uh, across our, our platform, we have many different devices, but they all utilize the same the same software. So there's no real silver bullet for an organization in terms of some magical device that they can just, you know, everyone has one of these and, and it's solved. Um, but what we have done really successfully is say, look, the platform is world-class. It's, it is amazing what this thing can do. And we can choose now what piece of hardware to put it on. So they can put it on a phone, they can put it on a body worn, they can put it on a watch. Uh, we've got it running on a ring. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's really, really incredible to sort of see different ways that organizations say, okay, for these teams, they're going to need that solution. These teams are going to need that solution. And the whole thing just talks to each other. So it's, it's really seamless. Fantastic. And so, you know, I know you've been getting some real, uh, interest within, uh, the retail sector, uh, and, and that sort of, you know, looks like being a big growth area. What, what particular reason if you like when retailers come and talk to you what are their requirements what are they sort of saying we need who within the organization and and why should other retailers come and talk to you do you think yeah i think uh a big part of it is obviously staff safety uh but the flow and effects from staff safety so once there's an incident you've you know the mental health the team morale um, it, it does have a pretty big effect and when you look at you know loss and risk where i think the a team member is four times more likely to be assaulted if it's a repeat offender, um, you know, coming in, um, stealing things. So what what our retailers are coming to us for, uh, it, it's sort of funny because it's it's all sort of happened re- recently that retailers really just started hitting us up really, really rapidly uh, in terms of onboarding our solution, uh, which typically was for government, frontline workers, people interacting with the public, um, is the, the customer base. They're getting a lot more aggressive customers. They're getting a lot more violent customers. And so the ability to give their team members something really quick that they can just click, you know, that magic red button uh, is is front and center. Um, and then you combine that with, um, you know, staff at the moment, like a lot of places are really struggling uh, to find to find and retain staff. And so giving them all the tools that they need to at least have a safe environment to work in uh, will always be always be beneficial. Yeah, interesting that, uh, you know, it is a, a, a global problem, isn't it? The sort of the aggression that retail staff are facing i mean it looks as if you sort of 
right place, right time. I mean, you know, in terms of retailers using the solution, um, I'm guessing, can you give us any insight? I know a couple of retailers are well known. Have you got trials going on elsewhere? Are you flat out in the retail sector? What what's the what's the sort of industry look like? Yeah, so a lot of um, say supermarkets, uh, retailers, um, such as you know clothing and stationery and all of those guys, uh, food, lots of big uh, places really? that make burgers. Um, that, that's always exciting. Another feather in our cap, which is which is really good. I think um, I think the reason we're doing so well is the in retail is traditionally they they wanted. Once again, that that red button. We just need a panic button. That's it. Get us a panic button, and we can we can tick the box. But because we've had five or six years of working in other industries where that wasn't the solution, it was a very small part of the solution. The the bigger problems were occurring a lot a lot more regularly than uh, needing a panic button, and uh, in a lot of cases, we were a lot more um, serious in terms of the outcomes. So being able to take all of that knowledge that we've used, you know, in justice, in defence, in health, and say, hey, retail, what about this? Um, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're very excited and we're very excited because we've only got to run it in a, in a store for a couple of weeks and, um, just to see, see the difference in terms of outcomes, um, of aggressive situations, staff happiness, staff wellbeing, uh, they, they all just start, start rising rapidly, which you'd expect when you're introducing a system that said, uh, you know, make them feel more comfortable, make, make them feel more safe, make them feel wanted and appreciated and, and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. I think back many years ago to my days uh, of running uh, grocery stores and some of those in the, it was only a limited number in the more challenging locations had a panic button, but it was just in one location uh, or perhaps two. And it was a physical button bolted underneath yeah. the checkout. And I think there was a secondary one in the store office. And so invariably any confrontation or I remember opportunities, you know, incidents needing to call the police. But you've got to break away from that incident, um, try and get away from the person that is, is, is being aggressive towards you, get to the other yeah. side of the store, round the back of a yeah. counter. And then it was actually two fingers simultaneously in two separate uh, sort of you know, buttons as well, almost sort of like a not that I've ever fired a nuclear weapon, but how you, you, know, you kind of need the, <laughs> the, the dual uh, button press. And so in itself, yeah. it was a difficult process and then you weren't even sure if you've activated it or not because somebody in their wisdom had decided that it needed to be a silent alarm so that nobody knew you'd called the police so therefore you think you've activated the panic alarm but you've no idea at all as well so I, I totally get the benefit of being able to react without having to run away from the situation or activate a body warm so yeah, just thinking yeah, and my I think, days back in stores, very, very welcome. Exactly. And it's funny because those fixed panic buttons are the same ones that everybody's been using. It wasn't just retail. Everybody had those buttons and they all had the exact same problems. So while we're developing uh, Falcon, um, which is our, our watch, uh, with the, the whole the whole idea of it was okay we've got all the problems many have just you know outlined how do we how do you solve for all to just have something so fast so discreet so simple you know retailers have thousands of employees you've got to be able to train people on this safety device knowing a new person will be starting in two days and they need to know within 15 seconds what, how this thing works how to activate it what's going to happen after they hit it how to act during that time while you're waiting for police to turn up um 
and so so yeah so with these these are um the most popular product in retail all the retailers are flocking to these devices so essentially um when you when you click the side button you just click it uh we stream live video live audio live location it goes back to a 24 7 op center they can see in here live what's happening escalate straight off to emergency services in parallel it's notifying the rest of the team members that emergencies activated or security guards out the front uh, we've got fall detection in there. We've got internal notifications. We've got comms, like walkie-talkie. Um, yeah, it's a it's a really, really cool device. And the best part, as we said, is you don't have to run somewhere and do it. You just tap your wrist. Uh, in terms of discrete, it doesn't make any noise. It vibrates like crazy. So you're going to feel like your wrist is falling off. But that's telling the user it's on, it's connected, it's working, the police are coming. Um, you know, all that feedback that they need to know while, you know, someone's trying to knock their head, knock their head off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can yeah. remember uh numerous uh situations where that would have been extremely beneficial not least when you know sort of uh an organized crime gang's trying to empty high value tins of salmon while sort of taking three for themselves and throwing <laughs> the fourth one at me and my colleague as well at the time so yeah and of course nobody else knows it's going on it's only after the fact for every type of business the power of a data-driven security video management system designed to give you total control anywhere anytime 3x logic you've got all of these sectors lots lots Ooh. going on just a bit of a question a tangent what on earth does your day-to-day -day look like trav so you wake up in the morning all these trials <laughs> inquiries but what takes up the bulk of your time which levers do you pull um yeah, so we're, we're lucky enough to have a, a really good team uh in melbourne which you know they're all much much smarter than I am at the at the roles they do, which is you know exactly what you want. So my day tends to be um, sort of meeting with the existing customers. It's sort of 50-50, meeting with existing customers uh, and work out you know what can we be doing better because you're not going to get you're not going to come up with a better idea um, than than you know solving their problem. So I've probably spent about half the time doing that, and then the other half would be um, product development. So even though strictly speaking, it's not part of my role, um, it's the thing that, you know, gets me out of bed. It's exciting, you know, just creating new product, especially in tech, you know, everyone, everyone has to be smaller and lightweight and faster. So we, we do all, you know, we do all that basic stuff. Every iteration is, is better. Um, but just in terms of functionality, because the customers have these massive problems and then, you know, blowing them away when you're like, well, what about this? Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that takes a, a lot of time, but it's, it's very rewarding. Yeah. And, and so does that give us an insight to what's what's coming next? Yeah, what it, what are you focusing on for 23, 24? Is it lighter, faster tech? Is there new products? Are you getting specific requests from clients going, this is perfect, but if you could just do this for us, that would be <laughs> even better? Yeah, I think that all their email signatures should just say, you know, if you just did this, then X, Y, Z. Um, the, the good thing for us is because we're across a lot of different industries, the requests are generally the same. If someone wants it to solve a certain problem, it's also solving problems for a lot of other, a lot of other customers. So in terms of new product, um, we, we have a, an app based solution. So if you're a large organization, everyone's got work phones, you can just hit a button and then our protective software is running on thousands of devices all at once. But the problem with that is when you need help, you've got to grab your phone, unlock your phone, find the app, open the app, hit the button, doesn't work. So what we did is create a, uh, a device called Phoenix, 
um, which is a Bluetooth button and allows them to just hit uh, this little button that connects to their phone and puts it into emergency mode. So while we were developing that, we met with um, a lot of our organizations because it was a problem. They wanted us to help them solve it. And uh, we said, okay, so what, what's the main pain points for having a dedicated button? And they said, well, it's three things. One, um, it can't be big and it can't be chunky because all the staff will refuse to carry it. Two, it's got to have a really good battery life because they're all going to forget to charge it. And uh, and three, it's going to be very, very simple because once again, they're, they're only going to be in a real emergency like once a year where they can't call emergency services and uh, and they just need to be able to just to hit a button. So we we built um, Phoenix. So this is, I think you might've seen Phoenix. So Phoenix yeah, is the size okay. and weight of a credit card. It's tiny. Um, and so it comes with the lanyards. They've always got it on them or they can keep it in their pocket. Battery life, most products on the market last about a week. We got this up to nine months of battery wow. before <laughs> charged on a wireless charger. Another nine months. It's insane. And then you just click the button. Yeah. Uh, so last year, this won a bunch of awards for safety product uh, of the year, including uh, by Australia's biggest um, outreach frontline worker association, which was great. And then when we caught up with... Um, the organizations said, what else, what else, what else? And they said, well, it'd be cool if the user got real-time feedback um, that the police are attending. Because at the moment you click the button and it vibrates and, and all of that, but it'd be nice if we could make it better. So this is uh, Phoenix 2. Uh, this one comes out in about a month. So pretty much the same size and weight, but we've got a screen in there. Oh. So when I do an emergency, <laughs> it says, and we get live updates, operators online, your team have been notified, You know, police have been requested, all, all on here. Uh, we've also managed to get fall detection working on these. So if something happens to the user, you know, they hit the ground, this will wake up. We have mass messaging coming through. So we've got lockdowns, we've got active shooter, we've got evacuations all coming live here, tracking people in the building to make sure they got out safe. Uh, battery life was a funny one for this one. So when you've got, you know, accelerometers, we've got a speaker in there. Um, and, uh, and the screen, obviously, it really, you know, messes with the battery. And one of the biggest requirements for them was you knocked it out of the park with Phoenix 1. We want to see what you can do with Phoenix 2. Um, so, yeah, one of the team back in Melbourne, Chanel, she came up with this really clever idea where we only need to have fall detection on when they're in a nominated location. So the system knows when you've entered a building, entered a certain room, entered, you know, a client's house, automatically enables fall detection and then turns it back off to save battery when you leave the dangerous location. So so that's been amazing. And we're currently hitting about two years of battery <laughs> life between channels now. So that one's, that one's really, really cool. Um, so that's what's happening with Phoenix Halo, which is for our domestic violence. Um, we've got the, the Halo ring, so you just squeeze them and uh, and they get you help. What we've got coming this year in Halo 2 is full detection, heart rate monitoring, blood oxygen monitoring, all sending out real-time alerts to carers and family members um, for, yeah, not just for family violence anymore, um, disabilities and aged care and, and all of that. Uh, we've also got Jurassic Comms, uh, which is like a end-to-end walkie-talkie global translating system. So you can pretty much talk to anybody, real-time voice-to-text, text-to-voice, talk to operators, talk to admins, talk to supervisors, talk to team uh, from anywhere in the country. And that's running across all of our devices, including our new device, uh, Eagle, which is our body-worn camera. So um, one pretty high up police department reached out to us and said, we want the technology you've got on the watch, but we want it in a body-worn. So we started looking into what's on the market. Turns out body wands aren't that impressive. They haven't really been updated in a long time. And so uh, with our Eagle, which comes out next month, um, we've got 
uh, 4G, 5G connectivity. So when they hit the button, we're live, we're live streaming the video um, through to their operators, to emergency services. We've got team alerting so they can get help from their teammates. We've got live video between devices. So if I declare an emergency, my teammates on their body worn, they can see live what's happening and they can see my live location, two-way calling, fall detection, location safety updates. Um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty exciting this year uh, with all this new stuff. It's just relentless. I mean, I have to say, I mean, you know, the 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 suite of features and I, and I love, <clears throat> yeah, I love the, you know, the battery life that you've got in nine months up to two years and then extra functionality. I mean, it, it is understandable to see why you guys are just uh, flat out with new clients. I mean, it is super, super impressive, I have to say. And your enthusiasm is always quite infectious as well. So come on then. I mean, all of this going on, Duress as a business, where is it going to go in the next 12, 18 months, do you think? What what plans have you got for the for the company as a whole? Well, I think we we get, you know, every week now we get requests from um, the US and the UK uh, from organizations um, that want to use our technology. So um, we've partnered with um, a very large um, security monitoring center in Europe and the US. So we'll be able to offer the service over there in probably the next three months, I'd say. So that will be that will be a pretty big thing for us. At the moment, we're just in Australia uh, and New Zealand. Um, secondly, data. So the amount of data that we're collecting, not on, not on users, but just when events are occurring, what type of events they are, um, is, is sort of staggering once you sort of look back and high level say what 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 does all of this mean um so we've partnered with a company called tma um which is where i am at the moment in vietnam um who have an amazing team of um sort of data scientists and data um analysts so we can look at you know the these events are occurring here you know can we can we begin predicting events um and early indicators are suggesting that we sort of can and one of the one of the big reasons for that is uh with our automated check-in system so for all of our community organizations and government departments we don't track people no one likes to be tracked but what we do do is when they reach nominated locations, we automatically check them in. And if they're there too long, we raise an alert. Uh, but more importantly, when they leave, we say, you know, really quick, how was it? And a lot of the time they say, yeah, it's all fine here, all good. Uh, but increasingly, they're saying, uh, actually, thumbs down, this place has dogs or this customer has knives or avoid the stairwell or there's gangs in the car park. Mm. And we're aggregating all of that data to get some really, really interesting sort of heat maps on what's occurring and when and how it's affecting um, all of these frontline workers. So, yeah, exploring that data and then all the learnings from that data, making that available back to our customer base. So they're not, you know, they're, they're small sample size to try and work out trends. Um is is good but if we can sort of give them all of the data from the greater duress community on what similar and even unsimilar organizations are finding um yeah it's going to be uh it's going to be very exciting it, it sounds like a, a a relentless uh march forward and uh yeah and like you say i can only can't begin to imagine how much information is being collected so yeah if you can start to pull that together share it and feedback then yeah it's just going to go to the whole next level. I mean, I, I can think of no more functionality to add into your devices other than probably predicting what you should eat for lunch. I mean, everything else seems to be in there. Uh, it could maybe make you help you make some healthy lifestyle choices, but that's about it. But you know, forewarning or uh, allowing people to to plan or make different decisions based on what might happen. I mean, we really are in the realms of science fiction, aren't we? At that point. 
Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, like you said, the data is all there and the the trends are all all there. If you have, you know, five different people all visit the one location and they all mention dogs, you know, and then you apply, you know, five reports over a two month period to another location down the road with dogs and that one has an incident, um, you know, you can sort of action that. And we're not necessarily going to be saving lives by preventing someone walking into a home, but you are giving them the relevant information before they walk into a situation of the key things they need to be looking out for um, in real time. So it doesn't, it doesn't get much better than that. No. So uh, Trav, super, super impressive. Um, Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to run through what you're up to, what's going on. Uh, Vietnam looks stunning in the background as well. So thank you for taking a few moments on that trip. Um, I look forward to meeting you again in person somewhere around the world. It's always an absolute pleasure. But for now, Trav, uh, enjoy Vietnam. Safe travels back to uh, Australia. And thanks for taking the time. Good day. Thanks, Paul. (laughs) 